Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. It's chilly, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. And sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. This is my final show for 2021. And I'm so happy to have Pia and Colin joining me for this very last broadcast of the year. And also on Christmas Eve. Welcome to the two of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Merry we're, Christmas, everybody. We're really happy to be here at the end of the year so that we can talk about what has happened this year and what we can look forward to next year. And we are so excited to talk about that. I'm really ready for 21 to be over. <clears throat> it wasn't all bad. It was not necessarily a banner year for me, but uh, I'll, I'll be okay with it leaving. And then we have a pretty busy 2022 coming up in terms of the uh, astrological weather. And we jam right into January with a lot going on in the Pleiadian Earth calendar. So I want to get to that today. And in, of course, anything else that you want to talk about. But first, let's say good morning to people who are checking in. I saw you all out there checking in before we were even live. Good morning to Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel and Merry Christmas. JLo, hello to you. She says, Grand Rising, Janet, Pia, and Colin. And Tom, surprise, surprise, you're up early and joining us. He was really kind of irked last Friday because he got up early and you weren't here. <laughs> I did not be there. Yeah, but we're glad that you're better and with us today. He says, look at us early birds. Just once we ought to all hit the dislike button. No, don't do that. I, I, I've got my Disneyland outfit on this morning. I thought I would share that with you all. We're whole, our whole family. Look, I, I even have my name on my shirt as if I might forget who I am. Uh, as we are all leaving, we're actually leaving tonight to go down to Seattle because it's supposed to snow one to three inches here at my house, three to five inches, just a little bit inland. And we didn't want to take the chance that we would miss our plane. So we're going to spend the night down in Seattle right near the airport. So if the worst happens, we could walk to the airport uh, and uh, still be able to catch our plane. Uh, let's see who else is here. Debbie Tibbetts says, good morning. And Tom Wright, that'd be an April Fool's Day. Pauline Solia is with us this morning. She says, joyous Christmas to all. And uh, I'm really glad to have you all join us this morning. And Pia and Colin, tell us, where are we in the calendar right now? And what should we be focusing on? Well, this is the perfect energy for Christmas Eve because the energy is all about devoting and it's the universal energy is five. So we're looking at devoting ourselves to the truth, devoting ourselves to our highest values and changing, which is the energy of five, anything that doesn't support that. So that's a really auspicious energy for Christmas Eve. And we move tomorrow, really interestingly, into six illuminating. So light on Christmas Day, which is perfect. I know. Do, do they plan this like, is this a... <laughs> fine plan. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a cosmic absolute design to support us so that we can become the absolute best version of who we are. So I would say it's a divine plan. It's a it's a cosmic design to maybe nudge us, not just allow us, but maybe nudge us to move into the best possible be beings, people we can be. And what a wonderful thing that would be. Wouldn't yes. it though? Absolutely. Yeah, I actually had my spiritual birthday this week. My on, let's see, it was on winter solstice. It was to remembering and that, that's my, my uh, sign. So I thought that was rather fortuitous to have that happening on that day means you have surpassed a number level of challenges and you're ready for a new level of experience and higher vibration. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. I kind of looked at it like that too, you know, like time to move on. It actually kind of felt different too, maybe because I actually was tuned in and I realized that that was happening. And uh, I actually found that out the day before. Uh, because I was on air and I was talking to people about the Pleiadian energy for the for the week ahead. 
So it was interesting to be able to tune into that ahead of time because I don't always, it, you know, it's still, as I'm still learning to live this calendar, it still doesn't hit me until I actually see it on the calendar because it doesn't always happen at the same time. No, the spiritual birthdays are not like our Gregorian birthdays because yeah. Gregorian's based on 365 days in orbiting around the sun and the, the spiritual birthdays are based on the orbit of Venus. So they come around every 260 days. So sometimes we have even two spiritual birthdays in a year. But the thing about spiritual birthdays that is so wonderful is that it really truly is a time to celebrate if you are tuned into this system because you get to use your shadow cycles. And by the time the spiritual birthday rolls around, you've worked through four different shadow cycles and raised your vibration up to a higher level so that you really have something to celebrate. So, and, so and, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And I think it was auspicious that it fell on that particular day. And something you said I think is really important. If we're tuned in before something is going to happen, by, by knowing energetically that, that there is a possibility of a change or a difference, that makes an entirely different experience for us. So you you felt it not only because you knew it was going to show up, but you probably felt it more strongly because you were aware in advance that something could be different or that something could happen. And, and that's what's so good. Sorry, Pia. Go ahead. Cullen's right, though, about it being auspicious that your spiritual birthday was on solstice, the day that we start bringing in more light. That was really very fortuitous. Yes, I'm ready for more light. Um, there are some people out there, and good morning to you, Heather Scott. It's great to see you, that say, how do I discover my spiritual birthday? The easiest way to do it is to book a chart and have all those shadow cycles and spiritual birthdays laid out for you. And you can, I do charts for people that are individualized and specialized for you. There is another way that you can do it but it's a little bit complicated. You have to look at the ephemeris on the back of the Pleiadian Earth Energy book, find the exact energy of your evolutionary guidance, the exact energy of your birthday, and the year that you're looking in. You have to know whether you were born before sunset or after sunset. So if you're not really familiar with the system, the easiest way to do it is simply to have a chart done. And then I will explain it to you in your consultation so that in the future going forward, you can always figure it out. Yeah. So the funny thing about it is because in in the uh, your book, uh, it, it only starts in the 70s, right? So I, I believe so people that were born like me in the 60s, we we would have to go to your your website to get it. Yeah. And, uh, so one morning, pardon me. The publishers refused to print all of the years we wanted them to, so they did it by link. It's available, but you just have to go online. Yeah, it is available. Um, so what I did one morning on the, on the broadcast, which was so crazy was I took Bruce Schofield's Mayan calendar book, mm -hmm. looked up people's birthdays, found out what their Mayan day was, and then went to the, uh, <laughs> went to the Pleiadian calendar and translated it over. That's good. What a mess that was. What a <laughs> mess. So, and, uh, Pia, I just put in your website. Is that right? Is that where they would go to get that? Or is there a better place to send people? Well, that's the perfect place to send people. Okay. And it's piaorlean.com, right? Right. Just look under the services section and you'll find it there. Under services. Awesome. So Heather, if you want to, uh, to do that, then go to her website and book a reading. I had a reading with Pia, um, gosh, a year ago now. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. It was really amazing to get into the depth and uh, of uh, a completely different calendric system or a different uh, system of astrology that is, I don't know, more spiritually based. I mean, I love astrology itself, but it's beginning to really feel a lot more mechanical. Mm -hmm. um, human design and the gene keys, that feels much more um, energetic. Mm -hmm. I'm starting now, like you, I think, too, with the star system, with the fixed stars and uh, the star families. And that's feeling really good. And then, of course, the Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology gives us another level of who we are. 
The thing I like best about the Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology is it's all about who we're becoming. It shows us our gifts. It shows us our challenges. But it's about who are we becoming and how do we get there? And that's what I love the most. Yeah. And Heather Scott says, I have felt an up leveling lately and am curious. Right. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that, because I think everybody's feeling it. I was having a chat yesterday or day before or I don't know when with Tom out there, one of our listeners. And, you know, he was telling me some experiences he was having and I was having similar ones of like, uh, time, not time lost so much, but like time shifting or being aware, like right now, my computer screen keeps doing this blackout thing, like almost like I blink out and I come back. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't imagine that if Tom and I both are experiencing it, that we're the only two. And then right. Heather's out here saying she's feeling like we're up leveling. Is that truly something that's happening on the planet right now? I think it is. I, I think there there are many signs, there are many instances that are showing us that that is truly happening. We're, we're talking to so many people around the world that are telling us that the synchronicities in their lives are happening faster and faster. They're having, they're having occurrences that they never would have guessed would be happening to them, but it's not just that they're happening. They're happening faster and faster. And people are also talking about they're beginning to be more perceptive about things, not just visual and auditorially, but intuitively. People's intuition is absolutely ramping up. I mean, people, people are talking about they're getting information faster and faster that makes more sense to them. It's, it's as though... I mean, in computer language, which which I'm not really that familiar with, as you know, Janet, um, <laughs> people would people would say these are downloads. I'm getting downloaded new information or new experiences all the time. So I think that's proof that things are. Some people would say speeding up. Some people would say changing in ways that they never would have guessed that they would be having these experiences that are just faster and faster. So the the truth is, from my perspective, and I think Cullen will agree with this, is that we are collectively beginning to let go of the illusion of time. And that's why we did the Pleiadian Earth Energy Calendar, because it's about navigating your life through energy rather than time. And people are beginning to click into that and recognize the energetic synchronicities when they happen. Yeah, I have a friend out here, Heather, who's saying she's calling them synchro destinies. Oh, that's oh, wonderful. Like that. Isn't that a great word? Yeah, yeah. that's I great. That. Yeah. Uh, just real quick before we go back on here, I just wanted to show everybody Pia and Colin's or Pia's book. Colin, you yeah, you helped this write this. This is the Pleiadian Earth Energy Astrology, charting the spirals of consciousness. And this book has so much really good information. And guess what else? It's pretty easy to understand if you know nothing even about astrology or you have no idea what I'm talking about with the the Pleiadian uh, earth energies. I think you could really easily uh, understand this and be able to, you know, embrace uh, the idea of a calendar that's not uh, based on the uh, 365 days, but more on the spiritual uh, round of, of growth and evolution or the evolution of consciousness. Thank you. We we designed the book to be workable for people at any stage of being interested in astrology, beginners, intermediate people, people who have been involved like you have forever with astrology, so that it would make sense to everybody at all levels. Yes. And then it goes along with the calendar. And the calendar, this is, I, I have the 2021 18-month one. I still need to go get my 2022 but uh, this is the calendar that we're talking about uh, when we come on the show. When they come uh, on my show, we're talking about what's going on in this calendar. And the calendar is also pretty self-explanatory. I mean, you've got the Gregorian dates up there so that we don't get lost in, in, the, in the round of the month. And then the day and the name of the dames. So the number, the day sign underneath that. And then other little symbols that talk about whether it's a new moon, a full moon, an eclipse, a Venus phase change, et cetera. 
And then there's plenty of wonderful information in the back of the calendar to be able to help explain it. So don't forget, get your calendar. And for those of you who are watching on, uh, I almost said on the Disney channel, <laughs> for those of you who are watching on YouTube, um, underneath in the description, when I put the video up this morning, you'll have the links to buy the calendar, to buy the book and to go to Pia and uh, Cullen's website. So don't, don't miss out, get it. Start your 2022 off with a new yep. way of looking at life, with a new way of looking at consciousness. And 2022 calendar has a lot more explanatory information yeah. in it. We really expanded it this year. I want to say that we're closing out this year in the energy and the spirit of evolving. And it's a 12 energy, which is about understanding. So all of the challenges, all the difficulties that we've had in 2021, we're going to be able to put them together sort of in a composite of understanding that all of this has been movement towards our evolution. And then we start the new year with 13, which is integration and self-regulating so that we can move into the new year to regulate ourselves to these new energies and new ways of looking at life that you're talking about. I'm really excited about the arrival of 2022. <laughs> it does seem like it's really good. I wanted to check something real quick because uh, you know, of course, the, the biggest planet in our solar system is Jupiter, and Jupiter is a very magnetic planet, and it is uh, showing up as a, as a year, or he is showing up in our astrology uh, as a magnet this year based on what it is we're focusing on, and he moves into uh, the sign of Pisces on the 28th, which happens to be a nine healing day. That's, That's beautiful. Yeah, that, that seems pretty, I don't know, fortuitous, almost uh, like there's a divine plan here. Well, Talk about no. nine healing. Tell people what that, that energy is all about because it's beautiful energy. Well, Jupiter, the planet of expansion, focusing on nine healing is going to be about, nine is all about harmony, which is something we desperately need on the planet right now. And healing is exactly what it says. It's about healing everything that's out of balance. It's about healing relationships, healing our physical, mental, and spiritual selves, healing our relationship with the earth. It's about healing everything that's out of balance. So if Jupiter brings in the opportunity for us to expand on that positive aspect of what's possible, that's amazing. It is. It's amazing. And I'm so looking forward to Jupiter and Pisces because I think it, the highest potential is that it imbues all of humanity with the potential for coming back to a, a more generous spirit, compassion and empathy for our fellow human beings, surrendering to a higher power, or at least having a trust or faith that there is something higher going on here, even in the midst of the, the seemingly chaotic events mm -hmm. that are on the planet. And in human design, we I, I love it when these systems have this coherence going on. To me, that's the thing, right? The, the coherence. When we look at human design, almost immediately as Jupiter moves into the sign of Pisces, we get the energy of living from our hearts or living from our passions and that quickly switches to having faith that we can attract anything that we need, that we are whole and complete as we are, and that we are not meant to be living in that victim field uh, or that fear field. That is something that adding more light into our DNA is allowing to evolve out of our uh, reality. But it does take some effort on our part as the the person experiencing the um the divine in the physical to choose it right so it's a choice and and that is so easy to me it's a it's a choice choose it choose faith choose surrender choose love choose uh spirituality choose faith i I, I think that's the hallmark of one of the biggest understandings that humanity can ever grasp is we always have a choice. We always are able to change things through our personal choice. And we, we can expand that to personal responsibility in the choices we make. So I think that's a, an 
incredibly important piece of information for everybody to understand. It it's a harmonizing, it's a it's a it's an energy that allows us to make the changes that are necessary for us to create the world we really want. And that's the thing is that I don't think that it has really dawned on a lot of us. It has dawned on us that we're co-creating this reality, but I think there's by far and away a big chunk of people on the planet that are just in the beginning stages of awakening to the fact that we've been the creators in this all along mm-hmm. and that, or at least, you know, in some respects, not aware of it, but participating in it and now becoming more aware that we're actually part of the creation. So if there's a problem, we've been part of the problem, but then that means we're also part of the solution. So it's a pretty wonderful aha to be making for people right now. Do you think that's going to get more profound as the year goes on? I think so. I think so. I think so. I think I think there are going to be some rough spots, but there's always rough spots when we're on an incline of growth. There's always stumbling blocks and rough spots that we have to view from a different perspective to continue the climb. I I think if we look at 2021 as it's closing, this has been an incredibly chaotic year. It's been an incredibly challenging year. And yet, if we choose to look at it, as opportunities and the the ability to use the challenges as gifts, as lessons to help us evolve, we can look back at 2021 and say, yes, it was challenging. Yes, it was difficult. But we've also learned an incredible, an incredible amount about who we are personally and how we can change through co-creating how we're all involved in the big picture together. So I think looking back, 2021 has been a pretty rocky road in a lot of ways. Um, And I guess that old adage, that old thing about making lemonade, if if all you're given is lemons, turn it into lemonade. (laughs) we We can make it a more pleasant experience simply by that choice of how we use our attitude how we look at things in a in a more positive and trusting way, as you said a moment ago. I just thought it would be fun to go back to January 1st and see what energy we entered the calendar year on. And it was 12 exploring. It was also a Venus phase change and a Venus uh, Gemini ch- a shift or a Venus what uh, star point shift. Shift, yeah. That was pretty, that should have told us a lot was going to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now, um, let's look at some of the comments people are saying and see if we can tease out any questions here. Uh, J-Lo says, I started taking, I started taking video uh, for myself because at one point I said, am I crazy or is this happening? <laughs> oh, definitely, you're not crazy. Tal Ofek, good morning. She or he says, hello, sweet souls, light and love. Jody JVs, uh, I've noticed that when I take the time to stop and be aware and grateful, there is a huge surge of energy that runs through me. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Donnell, good morning to you. She says, wow, perfect timing. I needed this. And JLo says, hello, Tal. That must be a friend of hers. Asa, great to see you out there this morning. Anita Foster says, hi, everyone. I have had wonderful experiences in sessions with Pia. Readings have been so helpful and inspiring and encouraging. Awesome. And let's see, Tom, no mask. Um, Oh, he's that's a personal comment. So no questions specifically. But if you have questions for Pia and Colin this morning, please feel free to type them in there. Uh, I will try to keep track of those. And is there anything else that we should know about the closing out of 2021 before we go now into 2022? Because there's a lot going on in January. (laughs) I think the only thing that we need to focus on as we close out 2021 is a sense of gratitude for what we've learned. Instead of a, it's over with kind of thing, we we should take a deep breath in and say, I'm grateful for what I have learned and how I've grown in this year and let it go in gratitude. 
That's awesome. And I, I think a lot of people are kind of echoing that. I, you know, even in my own family, we've had, you know, we've had trials and, and tribulations this year, but we've also, you know, ended the year here with uh, an engagement and with uh, my nephew coming home from Kuwait and unexpectedly, you know, able to be with us. So, you know, I think there are some really good things that come uh, out of every year, but we actually have to be grateful for all of the experiences because they've all led us to where we are. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Natasha says good morning and is sending love to all. It's good to see you. So now let's shift over to 2022. I mean, we don't jump in exactly as uh, we did in 2021 with the Venus change and all of that. Uh, but we do start the year at a 13, which I think is kind of spiritual. Point of integration is one of the most highly recognized energies in the Pleiadian Earth energy system because we are here to integrate all of who we are, all of our experiences, everything that astrology teaches about integrating the different aspects of ourselves, the Pleiadian Earth energy system looks at and says, Let's integrate all of who you are, not only in this life, but all of your lifetimes so that you can be all of who you are. So I think you're right. I think entering in on 13 and on the energy of self-regulating, which is allowing, allowing us to be in control of what we are doing with this integration energy is pretty, pretty awesome. It, it's an amazing. Well, first of all, the number 13 is so sacred, you know, it has been so hidden from our consciousness over the the last millennium or I don't know last few hundred years anyway <laughs> and I really think that starting the year at that number says something too it does it does it's a return of the feminine Janet because it's not just a few hundred years the patriarchy when it took over from the matriarchy the matriarchy was very balanced with male and female energies the patriarchy said, nope, we're not going to have any of that. We're not going to have anything to do with 13, which is a lucky women's number, or women's intuition, or any of those special spiritual qualities that all people share, no matter what gender. We're going to just kind of do it differently. So it's been suppressed for a long time. And 2022 is bringing the, the divine feminine back into all of us, men and women alike. It's it's been it's been much longer than many people believe. Um, I've I've really researched and looked into this from from an anthropological point of view, an archaeological point of view, from from myths, from from all kinds of angles. I, I've been involved in this for many 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 years, and I actually think there was a switch from the matriarchy, as Pius said, in a balanced way of of helping people understand the truth about what life is all about. I believe this took place as far back as 10,000 years ago. When, when societies began agriculture, when societies began building cities, when, when the first technologies really showed up in humanity, all came about approximately 10,000 years ago. So I think this has been going on for a very, very long time. So long that it feels like that's the natural way. And people are beginning to feel a little squirmy about what's, what's the natural way. Because something larger is being reborn in us, reawakened. And it's about time. Yes. I say high time. Yes. High time. It's no time, like no time better than the, than the present. <laughs> I, wrote about, I wrote about the dismissal of the energy of 13 and sacred retreat. I traced it all the way back through what Cullen was explaining and some other things through other different viewpoints about why we got out of balance and how we lost that connection with 13. So, yay, this year, 2022, we start the year by regaining connection to the energy of 13. And, yeah, and, this and actually, in your book, you you do a lot of, of uh, talking about the number 13, explaining that uh, that situation and, you know, why it's so important for us to return to the awareness of that number and yes. how much we cut ourselves off from by sort of eliminating that number or hiding it from ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and that and that brings us back to a topic we've talked about with you and your audience many, many times. We've cut ourselves off from nature. And thir 13 and the idea 
of the divine feminine is absolutely about nature, absolutely about natural cycles, about creating a balance because we are part of nature. We don't just go to a national park one week out of the year and say, yay, we connected with nature. We have to be involved with nature every day. And, and 13 and the divine feminine are so, so very connected to that loss of being disconnected from nature. So we're hoping that 2022 will bring not only the return of the divine feminine, but a resurgence of people understanding that if they reinvest themselves in nature, it will make a complete difference in how we do what we do in our personal lives and in our collective, much bigger picture as humanity together. Yeah, that's that's so true. And something that's so easy for us to do, just taking some time each day to be in nature and to do what you can to protect nature. Mm -hmm. Easy deal. All right, so a couple of questions. Um, oops, they're flipping by me. Um, Ursula says, if we wanted to personally connect with our Pleiadian star family to support us in 2022, can you tell us a Pleiadian name to call upon for support that is specific to our cry for loving support? Well, the Pleiadians that we work with are called Larkma, and the best way to connect with them would be to talk with them directly through Cullen and me with a personal session mm. so, that you can, so that you can actually connect to somebody and ask them that question because they can give you a Pleiadian answer. We can only give you human opinions. Um, <laughs> connecting, connecting with Larkma is, is an amazing experience. Um, we've been doing this for a very, very long time. And the feedback that we get back from people worldwide is that I had no idea there were so many answers. There were so many things that are so connected that, that actually helped me understand my life and the whole world. So speaking with Larkma, I think, is enormously helpful for many people. But to answer the question in a bigger way, there are star beings from many, many different star systems surrounding this earth at this time who are here for several reasons. One of them is they are curious what we humans are going to do, what decisions we're going to make in our co-creative process, what things we're going to repair that we have damaged. Part of, part of their help is to explain to us that we have to be responsible we got ourselves into the situation. We're the ones that have to get ourselves out of this situation. So there are so many beings that are willing to talk or to communicate, and it may not be directly where we hear them in our ears, but intuitively in our dream state, in our meditative state, there are many, many ways to connect. And they are whispering messages to anybody whose heart is open and listening. Definitely, definitely. So that's a great question, Ursula. Thanks for bringing that up. And from Richie Ann Rodriguez, she says, can the calendar stand alone or uh, in terms of providing information or is having the book imperative? The calendar is absolutely standalone. You can look at the calendar and get all the information you need to guide your life. The book is for giving you more in-depth experience of understanding it if you wish to explore it more in-depth. But the calendar absolutely stands by itself because we've included so much explanatory information within the actual calendar. The, the calendar um, is almost like a book in itself. It's not just the the photographic images or the 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 boxes of the days we've put so much information we've updated it each year by adding more information to make it more workable for people so when we talk about the calendar i often tell people it's not just a calendar it's actually a book and a calendar combined it's a calibook <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're astrologically minded like me, then the book takes you into more depth. But certainly you do not have to have the book in order to use the calendar. I think that's the bottom line, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, J-Lo, I think it was J-Lo asked, which chart is the one we should get for the cycles on Pia's website? 
uh, for the cycles. Probably if you've never had a chart, what you'll want to get is the full Pleiadian Earth Energy chart because that includes the shadow cycles. It includes a free consultation with me to explain everything that is given to you in a 25-page report. Uh, once you've had a full chart, you can go back and get just a shadow cycles chart to talk about only about your shadow cycles. But it's really beneficial to have the full chart done first so that you have more insight into how to use it. And for those of you who are considering this, I do need to tell you that I'm booked with a waiting list. So if you would like to have a chart, I do have a waiting list and it takes me sometimes three or four weeks to be able to do the consultations. So let me know if you want to do it. I'm happy to do it. Okay. And they can do that. They can book it on your website or do no. they email they, you? They have to email me. Okay, good, good, good. And let's see. Um, Let's see, let's see which, okay, we answered that one. Good morning, Leilani. She's stopping by to wish us a happy holiday. I love it. Happy holidays to you. And uh, I'm just going to check real quick. Hello, Janet, Pia, and Cullen from Linny. Uh, yes, 13 is a goddess divine feminine number. Love that it starts the new year. It's my number being born on Friday the 13th. I love it. Uh, in... That's uh, she was born in November. Thanks for this great conversation. And I think uh, zero two in numerology was cut out studying ascended numerology. Do you have any idea about this in uh, something wholeness is? Well, I don't know what she's talking about, about the ascended numerology. I don't know anything yeah. about that, but I can we can give you the Pleiadian perspective Two in itself is the energy of duality. And we've had a skewed, perverted perspective of duality because of the way we've been trained by our culture. Duality is the way we perceive it is opposites. Everything is an opposite, and usually those opposites are in conflict. But duality was never intended to be that way. The Pleiadians tell us that duality was intended to broaden our perspectives so that if we are fixated on one idea and somebody comes in with an opposite idea, it expands us. Not that we move into conflict and fight for which way is right or wrong, but that we actually begin to harmonize both viewpoints. So the use of duality has definitely been perverted by cultural assumptions and what Cullen calls bad training. And we are now trying to move into a higher level of using duality properly. Duality is, is a mechanism to create a better whole. It, it's a mechanism to actually enhance the differences between people, cultures, nations, whatever, whatever the differences are, instead of seeing them as not like me, uh-oh, I can't trust this or I don't like this, what the original idea or the design was is to bring us into closer harmony by saying, oh, you have a different perspective. It's not what I thought I was so sure of, but it enhances what I know. So we can create something even better by using both of the parts of the duality that, that confront us. So it's actually a learning process. It's a tool to help us rather than to separate us. But unfortunately, duality has been used as a separator, not a collaborator or a cooperator. Well said. Yeah. Now, do you think, and this is kind of off the cuff, but uh, do you think we were manipulated artificially into seeing duality uh, in the wrong way? Absolutely. Absolutely. No Absolutely. question. No question. That is right on target, Janet, because we were injected with the element of fear. And when fear came in, we began to be really confrontational with anything that was not like us. If it was not like us, we became fearful of it. And that's created a great separation. And that's what we're trying to step away from. We, we did not individually come to this planet a, as a human experience. Each one of us being born into a human body with the concept of fear. We did not come into that in that way. Infants are not fearful of their environment. They're, they're a sponge soaking up everything that's available to them. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we, we achieve consciousness is by seeing everything in all of its different aspects. So 
fear was not part of what Larkma calls our natural feeling states. feeling states, our natural abilities. This has been a learned, unfortunate deviation from how we actually came here in the first place. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels, you know, I get that, you know, on one level, in our earlier uh, evolution that perhaps fear played a, a role in helping us to survive. But it seems like at some point something happened with the idea of survival that became fearful of other humans and so forth. Or, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you, you know, for clarifying that. There's a couple of questions too from people about how do you know um, when you're talking to somebody that presumes that they're from the Pleiades or that they're channeling from the Pleiades, uh, if they are genuine or not, how do you know that? That is a great, great question. question. Um, do you want to start? Or no, should go I? ahead. There's a very simple way of understanding this. If what you're getting, whether it's you're hearing a, a, a voice, whether you're getting something during meditation, during your dream state. Or listening to somebody who's channeling. If it makes you feel good, if, if it makes your heart joyous, it's the truth. If it makes you uncomfortable, if it makes you anxious, if it makes you think to yourself, mm, I don't believe this, this, isn't, this doesn't seem true or this doesn't seem comfortable, then it's not genuine love and wisdom coming through to you. There's another aspect of that also that we have to address bringing in information from Pleiadians to, to humans. And that is that many people that are channels, and there are a lot of people out there who are channeling very good information, but many people get caught up in their own filterization and their own belief systems. One of the reasons that Larkma chose us is because Cullen and I are as opposite astrologically in, in our personalities as you could possibly get. We are complete opposites. And that allows us to whatever comes in from Larkma, we cancel out any filterization the other one would have automatically. If I think something, Cullen cancels it out. If he thinks something, I cancel it out. So whatever comes through from the Pleiadians comes through unfiltered. We, we are amazed at when we were first introduced to our friends and colleagues, Larkma, we asked them many questions. Why did you choose us? Why, why are we the ones that, that you want us to represent yourselves to humanity? And they said exactly what Pia just stated. You are so different that your egos will not get in the way. Your human filterization will not get in the way. And because you're male and female, everything is balanced. You, you, don't, you don't need to change what we're saying. You have the ability to bring through purely what we want to help humanity to understand for evolutionary growth. And it really, truly, if you look at it from an astrological perspective, we really, true are opposite. Capricorn moon, Cancer moon. Slow moon, fast moon. Um, waxing crescent moon, gibbous moon. Everything, <laughs> everything that affects our feeling state is at an opposite polarity. So we are the picture of trying to bring opposites into harmony. And this this is all about duality too. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah. We are the example of how to bring absolute harmony opposites into a place of harmony because we are opposite on everything but yeah. but we want but we don't want people to think that we number one don't get along or that that we are so different that we don't possess the the same understanding of true love or the big cosmic picture or things like that p and i are completely aligned with our understanding of what the cosmos is all about that that love is the highest most absolute energy in the universe it's the driving force in the world in the world that we live in and out and out and out into the universe so p and i are completely in agreement with those larger concepts those larger ideas it's just that our outer personalities and our astrology is so different so it's not that we don't see the big picture in the same way we absolutely do yeah yeah but you just do it from a different polarity which shows us that there's always a pathway to uh, being together 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it's okay that we have different differing viewpoints or differing energies because that was the the beauty of the kaleidoscope that is humanity. So mm-hmm. I love that. Exactly. Um, there's another question out there about Venus and why Venus is the focus of so much of both Mayan and Pleiadian energies instead of, say, Mars, Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn, that kind of thing. And then I think that's a great segue as we answer that question into what some of these big Venus things are that's going on as we move into 2022. Well, Venus is Earth's twin, first of all. It is the planet that is most closely aligned of almost every aspect you can find. Venus is a twin of Earth. And the Pleiadians are very, very fond of Venus as the guiding planet because Venus presents herself as the model of duality, everything we've been talking about. She is the morning star, the warrior for justice and truth. She is the evening star, the lover, the benevolent love person. Those two aspects appear to be completely opposite, but they're actually one being of love the highest energy that we were just talking about, which is love. So the Pleiadians focus on Venus because of those dualistic aspects of one planet. And they use Venus to bring in focal points on how are we doing? How are we doing with what we're doing in the way we view love and duality? And boy, is 2022 going to be great. Venus is moving into Capricorn and on January the 8th. Capricorn meaning people focusing on accomplishments, being able to achieve things. Janet, you could probably tell people all the Capricornian attributes and things. Well, yeah. And from the astrological point of view, she's been in Capricorn for right for quite a while and is now retrograde in Capricorn. And today, tomorrow, uh, conjunct Pluto again in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And then is actually going to stay in Capricorn from an astrological point of view until into March. So mm-hmm. she's been in, in, in this sign for an extended period of time. And believe it or not, for all of the sort of masculine traits that Capricorn brings up, it is actually a feminine sign. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's the, 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 the energy that link, is linked to Saturn, which is about form and structure. Mm-hmm. And I think the opportunity that we have right off the, the get-go here in, in 2022 is to bring form and structure to our values mm-hmm. and then to our relationships and who we are in the context of our relationships. And then on, on top of that, not just looking at what we value, but our own personal value and seeing ourselves in a new way. And uh, that's huge because that would mark a shift in how we entertain one another. Yes. If I'm yep. looking through the, the eyes of self-worth and self-love, then I'm g- kind of offering that up as a gift to you to be able to also find self-worth and self-love within you. So Venus and Capricorn, did you want to say something? Well, uh, yeah, I would I would just like to, to make a differentiation between the energies of 2021 and the energies that you just spoke of in 2022, mm-hmm. we've, we've come through 2020 and 2021 with a lot of adversity, a lot of control, a lot of, a lot of things that, that have pushed us to the point of realizing that love is really the answer. Getting along is the answer. The separation that we have experienced has been so extreme in many, many different ways that 2022 is going to bring the opportunity to reverse that and to do exactly what you just explained, Janet, to to entertain each other in a much, much different way. But Venus Capricorn also brings in, Capricorn has the persistence, the strength, the resilience, everything that's needed to create the structure that we're wanting to create. It is really, really a strong energy. And to have Venus in that strong energy is a strong force for love. And not only are we moving into the Venus star in Capricorn on January 8th, but Venus is going through the birth process of this newness that we're talking about really pretty rapidly in January. We move through transition phase, inception phase, gestation phase, birth phase, emergent phase, and then finally into fullness all in January. Yeah. Six phase changes of Venus. And that's, 
I feel like we're we're not even going to be able to catch a breath. We're going to just be pushed along to to make these changes. We will, but isn't any birth process a labor of love? It is. You're absolutely right. No birth happens without some sort of um, force or some form of of struggle involved with it. And uh, yet, you know, there's always the birth. Yes. And uh, so when she, she, which, you know, for those of you who are listening out there, then we're actually going to also visualize this Venus phase change as she's going to be from an astronomical standpoint, she's going to be disappearing into the sun, into the arms of the sun, where we won't be able to see her. In fact, she may already be sort of invisible because she's so low on the Western horizon as the sun sets. And then her period of time, she for a period of time, she becomes invisible and then again rises as the morning star. So she takes on that more uh, warrior that you said, the, 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 the say warrior. what you said about the morning star again. The warrior for justice. The warrior for justice. <laughs> There's so many ways we could take that. Can't we? <laughs> uh, I don't even know what, uh, I can't even imagine how that's going to look in 2022. It's going to be a game changer. <laughs> that, that's, that's one way we could look at it. But a, a game changer for the positive. But I, I cannot emphasize more that that, that ability for us to make this a game changer stands with each one of us and the choices we're making, right? We can't, and I don't want to wax politic here, but we can't be giving our power away to those outside of us. We have to be able to stand on our own and understand that we are whole and complete as we are. And that the unifying thread, if you will, through all of life on this planet, including the planet herself is love. You know, Janet, that is so profound. That is the essential concept that LARCMA and other Pleiadian groups, I'm sure as well, but LARCMA is trying to help people understand that we have to stand up for ourselves, accept and love all of who we are and be warriors for the truth by making responsible choices. And as we do that, we not only empower ourselves to be the best we can be, we also begin to change the world. And, and, this, and this has to do with loyalties. People are often misguided in the loyalties that they believe they have to stick to, that they have to, they have to agree with the, the consensus idea of, of what everyone's being told. And loyalty is, is only about one thing. Loyalty is only about the truth. It's not about... It's not about concepts. It's not about politics. It's not about control. Loyalty is only about listening through our hearts, not our minds, listening through our hearts and being loyal to the truth. And I think 2022 is going to allow us, the energies that will be available will allow us to use that loyalty in a, in a much different way. I think we're going to be loyal to maybe, first of all, ourselves, what we know, what we know in our hearts, and then expanding that out and out and out in a greater way to our families, to our communities, to our nations, and to the entire planet. But loyalty, like duality, has been misaligned, misused, misunderstood for a very long time. Well, and, and I think there's also a misunderstanding of what we mean by warrior. Because, yes. you know, I was just, uh, Jody just typed in warrior for justice. That's so awesome. But I would, I would caution people to not characterize being a warrior as being at war. Absolutely. We, we tend to think of a warrior for justice as an Aikido master. Someone who knows oh. to see the opponent and move out of the way and let the opponent do whatever they're going to do. But we go around it because we're wiser. We choose a parallel path because we're wiser. That is a warrior for justice, not combat, not fighting. That's very old paradigm. No, it's it's more about using wisdom yep. as as the technique yes. as a warrior. I, I think something that, that's incredibly important is to realize that the energy of Mary Magdalene is all about a warrior for justice and truth and love. 
Mary Magdalene's energy is all about, of course, the divine feminine, but also standing up and speaking the truth and taking the warrior's position of, I'm going to be vocal, I'm going to be strong. But as you said, Janet, it has nothing to do with war. It has nothing to do with aggression. It's about making a statement. It's about standing in your light, standing in your love, and doing what your heart tells you to do. And also allowing for the others around you to go through their own process and to be their own true selves, because likely there isn't one organizing truth that we're going to come to in this year at all, but that maybe it's the recognition that, you know, um, just by holding love for everyone, love for yourself, but also then love for everyone, that we allow everyone to go through whatever process they are at, or whatever point in their own evolution of consciousness that they're at, without judging, without making it a battle between them, between you and them. That is the organizing truth. That is one organizing truth that we are going to come to, is that we have to start seeing each other through what Mark McCall in Lakesh, I am another yourself, without judgment. Just that. Yeah, one one of Larkma's favorite things to talk to humanity about is instead of seeing the world as I'm right and you're wrong, Larkma gave us this idea when we began to speak with them so long ago, they said there can be two rights. It doesn't have to be right and wrong. And that's exactly what you just brought up, Janet. It, it can be I'm right. And of course, you can be right too. And we have to meld both of those together. And that creates a much better situation. Yeah, we have to be able to hold uh, all that is within us. Yes. Right. Because even if we resonate with something different for ourselves personally, but we have to be able to hold that that everything there is possible, mm-hmm. that uh, the dark and the light or the up and the down, that whole idea that going back to that conversation we had earlier about duality is that it's all part of the whole. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yep. And yeah. and. And that, for me, bring, brings up the concept of trust. Yes. We have to trust that everything's happening as it should be, and everything is going to get us to where we want to go. We just need to be observant. We need to be conscious, responsible, we, responsible loving. If we do all of those things through trusting that we're going to get through this, not only individually, but we are going to get through this together it, it makes the decisions much easier. It makes the, the possibility of saying, I can do this for the highest good of all, not just for myself. Right, 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 right. Um, question from uh, people out there. When does Venus return as the morning star? Do you remember what, what date it is? Which phase? January 8th. That's what I was thinking. It was the 8th or the 15th, but that's... January, January the 8th. January the 8th. So... Yes. Then she'll be now. At first, she she may not be visible right. because she'll be rising with the morning sun, which yeah. means it'll take a while for her to pull up far enough ahead of the sun so that we would see her as the morning star. But uh, phases of transition, and then inception and gestation before the birth. So yes, those are some of the first phases that we go through. Even though she is the morning star, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in uh, especially the Mayans, they looked at that rising of Venus as a morning star, as a very powerful portent of the future. Yes, absolutely. It is. Sometimes they looked at it more as a from that war stance or uh, the, the changing of a leadership or or something like that. They ha- they they tended to put a more negative spin on it. But I think what we could look at it as is. Um, uh, a, a new humanity arising. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, nice. Uh, let's see, any other questions? 8th of January is David Bowie's birthday. I love it. Uh, so, you know, we, we've got a good day. And when is your birthday, uh, Colin? It's coming. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Well, happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. 
Yeah, it's always, it's always been an interesting thing to to have my birthday on the last day of the old year coming into the new year. It's been a it's been a very, I guess, auspicious timing for me to almost to, like you were born on a shift. Yes, mm -hmm. born to shift. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, we've been uh, on air now for an hour. I love every minute of our conversations together. Thank you so much for being here with me on this final show. It actually turned out fortuitous not to have you last week. You get to be on the very last show of 2021. Um, and all of us wish you all out there a most blessed holiday season. Remember, you are responsible for your reality. If you want to make it a beautiful world, then start living as if it is a beautiful world. Get back out into nature. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I will see you all uh, again in the first week of January. Love to everybody. Pia and Colin, mwah. Happy Christmas. New Year to you as well. Merry Christmas, everyone. And we're going to move into a completely different energy soon. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. I think we're already getting there. We are. We are. We are. I can feel it. I can just feel like something new moving through. Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care. Much love. Bye for now. Bye-bye.